0: To the Bleeding Metal Podcast. This is episode two point six: Pandemic, War, and Mental Health. First of all, I am here um, with my lovely co-host. Hello, my name is Pia. She/her. Right, pronouns very important. Yes, I am Kiki. She/her. And today we're going to talk about uh, what is very <laughs> even scarier now. Uh, state of the world uh does to our mental health how we see things uh right now and um look at these things as well from the music side of things mm mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Am I explaining things right? (laughs) So trigger a warning. If you don't feel comfortable with the current situation, with the war that Russia fights against the Ukraine, you should maybe not listen to this episode or listen later when you feel better about the situation.
0: Yes. And it is a very scary situation. Yes. Um, Should we dive right in or do we have anything else to say? We are recording this on Thursday, March 24th.
1: Yes, and the scary thing is that the war, the attack of Russia started a month ago.
0: Exactly a month ago. Yes, that's where I was going as well. You will listen to the podcast uh, the earliest uh, in a few days, but today is... Yeah, today marks one month of of one more war in this beautiful world of ours.
1: Or... mm, Many people say the war started already in 2014. Yes, that's right, because Russia um, enacted the Krim. I don't know if that's the correct name also in English, but this, uh, the isle or the kind of isle of the Ukraine. And since then there is war against the Ukraine, but the massive attack started a month ago. I think that's yeah. the correct term. <laughs> I hope so.
0: Right, the invasion. Yes, it started exactly a month ago. And I think I said this before on the podcast. Uh, I mean, we've been doing this for five years, by the way, mm-hmm. now. And um, I never really had a huge interest in politics or history, to be honest. But uh, there came a point in my life where I realized that politics seeps through everything, through your mm-hmm. whole life. And so um, we should be at, at least a little interested and informed and have um, or make informed opinions about things that happen around us. And um, for me especially, that concerns the rights of uh, women, LGBTQ people, and uh, people of color as well. But Not because the war is far away, does it mean that it doesn't really affect us?
1: Yes. The German foreign minister, Annalena Baerbock, currently said in the Deutscher Bundestag that that war is a topic that is very important, especially for feminism, because it affects women or LGBTQ people very, very massive, um, because those are the ones who are left behind in the country. Um, when an invader comes and they are successful, these women are going to be raped and everything. So they, they're going to suffer a lot. And they also suffer because they have to take care of everything, of the, of the children, of the elder people, of the house. They have to keep everything together or try to keep everything together. They might not have enough food and everything to feed their kids. And mm-hmm. um, and also, the, the rights of these people, especially the LGBTQ community, um, nobody cares anymore a lot about what happens to them. And depending on how the invading party is, um, how the, the mindset of the invading party is, it might become a lot worse for them in the country they are living in.
0: Yes, that is exactly right. Um... So it means war affects, of course, the whole population, but it it affects women and uh, LGBTQ communities and people of color in a different way. We have Mm -hmm. also seen um, how racist systems are, especially in in these times of of crisis, where um, the whole migration and uh, the... People looking for looking to flee from from Ukraine in this case and uh, seeking asylum were, were treated differently as well. Also, comparing it to the um, to the crisis a few years ago with the war in Syria and uh, all of those things, so we we can see the differences very clearly nowadays. And it's something that's been talked about a lot. But mm. what we what we wanted to talk about today was also how uh, we have personally um, experienced uh, everything that has been happening this year. And so I want to ask you, Pia, first to to start with your story. How uh, was it for you? What's the? Do you have like a specific uh, point in time, so to speak, where you realized, "Fuck this
1: shit is going down." Yes. Um, for me, it was right in the beginning, um, and it was really, really hard. Um, some of you might know that I am a mother now, so my kid was born in November past year. And um, the moment that I read the news about the invasion of Russia and the Ukraine, I was really shocked at first, and then I was in the room of my child, standing in front of the the diaper commode—I don't know. <laughs> um, I hope you understand what I mean. And I just started to cry because I thought I want my child to to have a good childhood. I want my child to have a happy childhood, and I want my child to have a childhood. At first, and my thoughts were okay. Russia has nuclear bombs. If everything runs really out of control, I think that there are some people who would use these bombs. The USA also has these bombs. And the, the fear that I have until today is also that we might have a nuclear war in a couple of weeks. And the, the more difficult it gets for Russia to be successful with this invasion in the Ukraine, the possibility that this happens increases. and that is something that really really scares me and i also uh, i'm i'm not affected by any mental illness so far but what happened to me in the past few weeks is that i got two panic attacks and that's something that only happened once before in my life so um 34 years without a panic attack and then two panic attacks within three weeks. Um, Yeah, that's how it affects me. So I'm really scared at the moment. The situation is really hard for me, especially, yeah, because we have this child now. To be honest, before that, I was not really afraid of dying. Of course, I was not, um, I didn't want to die or something, but I always thought, okay, when I die, this is the end for me. But now um, I have to also think about what will happen to my child when something happens to me. And so this fear of my own death becomes or increased a lot within this past month when, uh, yes, since my child was born.
0: Wow. That was really summarized and, and really well put as well. I think um, a lot of us have um, all of those feelings at some point, but all of a sudden all together is really heavy. hmm and of course, we are looking at things as well, I think, from a little bit further away. We are both here in Germany, a few thousand kilometers far away from the border where things are going down right now mm-hmm. um so it's not really affecting us directly, which is something that I wanted to to say really clearly. um we are. By far not uh, the most important uh, people that are affected by this war but yes. um it is something that has shocked the whole world and scared the whole world and i think that until a few months ago nobody really saw it coming
2: mm-hmm.
0: even though as you were saying at the beginning um things have been leading to this for years now um nobody thought this it was it would really get to this point and the thing for me is we didn't think it would get this far now Mm -hmm. we think it won't get worse but we don't really know so that uncertainty is something that um that for me had already, a lot of what you described right now um, was going on for me already because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have talked about this before, and I think it's also um, important to 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 emphasize that this war is going down while, while we are still in the kind of middle of the um, coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. And of course, the media focuses a lot more nowadays in on the war in the Ukraine than the pandemic, but we're not out of it. We are still um, wearing masks in a lot of places. We are still having to deal with uh, vaccines and tests
1: and And, isolation. And in Germany, the numbers are as high as they've never been before.
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, of course, this virus has now... um, Evolved mutated evolved changed changed in general and um people aren't dying as much as in the very beginning of the pandemic but they still are people are still getting sick um Mm -hmm.
1: and we didn't have the time to
0: recover from the pandemic exactly we didn't have the time to recover especially mentally yeah because it had it has been weighing a lot of on, on us mentally and um and so the sudden fear of death is something I had to deal myself with uh very early in the pandemic. We've talked about this uh, before on the podcast um i have a uh or well my immune system is not as uh, as strong as um the average for my age, so to speak so i i I dealt with that back then and um and also, I, I, quote unquote, finally mm-hmm. <laughs> had, the, had the COVID. I had COVID at the very beginning of this year, um, directly over New Year's. Um, I also talked about this um, on the last episode. It was very fortunately not bad at all. Um, and I recovered completely and everything is fine funny thing just today I was uh, I was at the office at the co-working space I, I usually go to and and I was talking about this with an acquaintance and he said that he still hasn't had it and he was like oh really I hadn't talked to a person who hasn't had the COVID in a while <laughs> <laughs>
1: you haven't had it either yeah
0: <laughs> but like that's a rare thing now mm-hmm. for me at least in Ecuador almost everybody had had it and that is the thing. That is a great segue to um, when a month ago, when the invasion started, I was in Ecuador still. Mm-hmm.
1: So, how was it for you?
0: In Ecuador, we didn't really hear a lot about it uh, until uh, until it started to to go down. And I had started to hear about it from my husband who had also visited me in Ecuador over over, uh, Christmas and New Year's and gotten COVID with me. (laughs) And he was back in Germany again, and he was really, really worried. And it's something I don't see a lot in him. This deeply worried state of a war is going to happen. And everybody was saying, no, it's not going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember um, in January, we had a call where my, um, my Finnish partner was also on and um, he works in the Navy, so uh, he should know right in the Finnish Navy. And um, that is a very complicated thing, which he explained to us that Finland is not in the NATO. Oh, mm-hmm. and close to Russia. Even though they're close to Russia, yeah, they are Russia's neighbors um, and they have their own whole war past with with Russia, but they never joined the NATO. And apparently there were talks um, in Finland about joining the NATO and what the benefits would be. And he was explaining to us that the NATO was uh, founded In order to um, fight back the USSR.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And since there is no more USSR, there is actually no logical reason for the NATO to keep existing. Mm -hmm. And there would be no reason at all for Finland to join the NATO nowadays. And so for them, it has been this kind of very smart neutrality, even though they are. So close in territory. And so, from my perspective at that moment, was if really worst case scenario, this really evolves into a war that involves the whole European Union, right? People who the people who would be sent to fight would possibly include both my partners.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that. Was some that was the thing that scared me the most, because I think wars are far away until somebody you know has to go fight in that war. Yeah, true. And um, so that was the thing that scared me and that gave me a lot of anxiety and much more when the invasion started and and escalated so quickly as well that. I thought, well, it's just a question of time until, until, you know, they are more or less called to arms. Mm. And um, I don't know if I if I have to clarify this, I might cut this out in the end. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But when I say, when I say partners, it's uh, romantic partners. I am um, polyamorous and, and so these are the closest people to me and um obviously, very, very important people, and so that was very very that weighed very heavy on me and Obviously, I was uh, oceans away and um i and so i I started getting more and more informed and <laughs> maybe I will leave this in <laughs> the information <laughs> because the thing or the person that actually helped me a lot was uh no third partner <laughs> because um we had just been dating back then but um I started discussing all of the politics around it and getting more and, and better informed about all of the everything that was going on um with Russia and Ukraine <clears throat> with um with this person. In Ecuador, and that helped helped like appease my anxiety a lot. Like to know more, to to really understand a little better where this all comes from. What is uh, what are both parties in this fight? What they are actually uh, seeking? What they are searching for? What what they want? What you know? What their uh, motives are? And um but at the same time, I just, I just had this feeling of um, everything is, is, is happening also so quickly and, and so far away and at the same time so close. And what are we going to do and what can we do? And I'm also going back in a few weeks. And, um, and also because I was in Ecuador, I realized I have this kind of safe place yep. for me. And if things go really bad, I can always, you know, pack my bags, my cats and go to Ecuador.
1: And your husband as well. Yeah, that's the thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Because he is of the mindset um, that if he would get called to fight, he would do it. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't flee. Okay. And so, um, although that's a tough pill to swallow, I obviously have to respect that decision. And um, I cannot put him in a bag and take him with me as much Mm. as I wanted to. And for my Finnish partner, obviously, he is, you know, um,
1: it's his job. Yeah, he's in the army already, yeah. But um, first of all, congratulations to you and your relationship. finally no, something, thank you. <laughs> Something good, something positive <laughs> in these dark days as well. Yeah, that's true. But I had um, I had very similar thoughts also because uh, my husband's family lives in what has been the DDR, so the eastern part of Germany, and That part actually was under Russian control as well. And if they say they want their, quote unquote, their country back, their land back, I don't know where that stops. Does it stop in the Ukraine? Does it stop in Poland? Do they even come to Eastern Germany? And if they are on the way, what might happen then? That also was something I had to think about because parts of my family are living there
0: mm-hmm. yeah world domination where does it stop yeah that's a very good question
1: mm-hmm. but yeah as i said it scared me the most or it scares me the most that they might use the nuclear weapons as well or other weapons and then everything mm-hmm. goes down but i also uh when i when this started and you were still back in Ecuador, I also thought, okay, that is a really good place to be at the moment. Yes, and you're very welcome to come along. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's also something. Um, we've been in such a good situation here in Europe that we never experienced something like that. Not even mm-hmm. our parents have been in such a situation. They also yeah. had this so-called Cold War back then yeah Um, i don't know how 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 much was involved (laughs) Mm, okay um i don't know what effect that had on them so maybe i should talk about that with my parents um but my childhood was free of sorrows and everything so Mm -hmm. war was so far away from us as it happened everywhere else but not here uh, in yeah. front of our doors and now that is the case and yeah and now we can we get an impression of how that feels and even as you said before we are still in a very good position because we can watch it on the tv screens and everything and yeah. the pictures are horrible and we uh, we feel kind of connected because it's a european country but still we are safe at the moment where we are
0: yeah. Exactly. One of the comments I heard a lot uh when I was um saying my goodbyes to friends and family in Ecuador and uh, coming here, well, there was a lot of worry, of course, if I was even able to um fly back. Um or whether I was going to be able to fly back. And um I also, this this one uh question struck me weirdly because somebody asked me, why do you even want to go back? They're 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 at war in Europe. Mm. And so um I developed this kind of plan because also a lot of people, you know, a lot of Ecuadorians, for example, were pulled out from Ukraine, you know, humanitarian flights and all of that. And also, a lot of um, uh, Ecuadorian students in other parts of of Europe, for example, have also been and probably, you know, all of the diplomats and expats, etc., um, have been advised to have a backpack and grab a flight back if, you know, the moment you think you need to, you know, things are escalating or, or it's getting dangerous and so i came back with the plan of um getting my cat's uh <laughs> passport and you know just kind of being prepared um i don't mm. i don't know how much but i think it might um you know calm me a little bit down with the whole thing another thought we had at that point though was and and this was um Kind of a joke maybe from my husband he said something like you know those um films those movies and 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 tv shows where where people want to you know want to flee because there's i don't know an alien invasion a war a zombie outbreak whatever Mm. the moment people decide to pack their bags and go it's already impossible yeah and so that is also what, what, what scares me as well. Like, we, would we be able to, and also not only us as normal citizens, but would politicians be able to say, okay, this is the point, the breaking point.
1: This is the moment we have to go. I don't think so. Um, mm. I don't think so because it happens so fast as we have just seen a month ago but I think for us as people it might be possible because we have a lot of people here now who fled from the Ukraine Uh, and now I see these pictures in TV and there are these cities where nobody is able to come out anymore Mm -hmm. but they decided to stay there for whatever reason and I think there was this, the moment where they still would have been able to go. But now in some cities, it's impossible at the moment, but it's already four weeks ago. So I think that there would be a chance to go. It would be hard. And I don't know if planes would uh, go to Ecuador anymore, but I think we could go to, to some point at least.
0: Yeah, those were exactly the images that we that we have been flooded with, right? I'm thinking of the people um, hiding out in uh, metro stations mm-hmm. with their pets, because also
1: a lot of pets have
0: been affected. There's yes. also a lot of
1: asylum-seeking pets. <laughs> and there are also people who stayed because of their animals, because of their cattle and everything.
0: Yeah, and there are also... Um people who are trying to rescue animals who are going into the the war mm-hmm. zone and and rescuing the animals that they, that they can find um I was he- hearing about that recently, and something that I just read today was that uh fifty percent of the kids have been evacuated mm-hmm. of, the, of well. Ukraine and um you were talking about uh you know thinking about your childhood and and your child as well and um it's, it's just a very, very heartbreaking situation to think of all the kids who have probably lost their family members and are now in a completely different place, somewhere they might not even speak the language, somewhere they might not even know anybody at all, and now have to adapt to their situation and try to make the best of it. So um, it's just all, yeah. It's just so sad that it that it has that it has gotten so far.
1: Mm. Something that also broke my heart as a mother was seeing the pictures of a lot of babies because um, in the Ukraine you can pay a woman to get a baby that you can take that you can adopt a surrogate. Uh huh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and um the only thing that that you have to do because of the law about it is that you have to go to the ukraine and pick your baby up so they cannot um give it to another person and that person brings it to you so there are a lot of babies now waiting for their parents to to get them out of there and oh shit. the parents can't go there yeah and oh, damn. seeing the the pictures of these babies was another point where I thought, what's happening there? Damn. That's yeah. It's it's also a very bad situation for for these kids. And also I thought, what happens to the mothers who just gave birth to mm-hmm. the children? Because there were also hospitals attacked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, they had to uh, to give birth also in the metro station and stuff like that. And yeah, <laughs> the medical situation is not the best over there right now. Obviously, yeah. yeah.
0: Also, it is a war that has, be- that has been all over the media. And for better or for worse, on all of social media as well. Um, and, which is good for the whole world to know what's happening. And it's also uh, shocking and sad to know that the people in Russia themselves have no access to all of this.
2: Mm.
0: And they have, or, or yeah, a lot of them have been brainwashed into, um, with lots of propaganda and such, into, you know, believing in in the... Russian government's uh, purposes and motives. And so I was listening to the news podcast this morning, and uh, this anal- this one analyst had a very interesting point. They were talking about how uh, n- right now, nowadays, a lot of um, companies are pulling out of Russia. Mm-hmm. German companies, for example, are giving out, putting out statements about why they are pulling out their business Uh, from Russia, because they don't want to indirectly support the war. And while some are staying and explaining that the people there also have, you know, it also affects their economy, and Mm -hmm. they also have families to feed. And, you know, it's also their responsibility, kind of. And um, the analysts had this very good point of saying if you have business in in Russia, you still have this influence as well, which you could use for other purposes. And he said, said as an example, Netflix, right? Instead of just stopping their service in, in the whole country, they could have filled it with real news from what's really happening in Ukraine. Mm. Because apparently the word war is not used in russian media at all like russians could very much believe there is no war happening at all mm. and if they if you then well send them the message of this is what is really going down in there and all of these people are dying and been pushed out of their homes you could actually uh you know achieve you know make a difference Instead of just saying um, "Okay, I'm out," mm. that was something that really caught my attention. Yeah, because the... also, what what can what can we do also as citizens? You know, there were um, in the very beginning um, a few weeks ago there were a lot of demonstrations here in Germany
2: mm-hmm. and
0: in other um, countries of Europe in support of the Ukraine and um, and also just against the war and. Just now, going through through the streets here in in Dortmund, I saw a lot of small um, Ukrainian flags, and there was this school with this um, window filled with you know peace signs and the colors of the Ukrainian flag, and you know that's nice and well, but honestly, it's not changing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And so my thought was also, um, people in Germany, what 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 we can and or should do is also know that there's a lot of people coming here looking for a safer place. And the best we can do is just prepare for that, at least prepare for that to be more welcoming than we have been towards other people before, Hmm. maybe. And, um, And if you can... Yes, try to host um, refugees or or do some volunteering with them, or try to help out in 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 centers that are that are keeping them safe and uh, with all of the children and women that we were just uh, speaking about that have that have successfully fled and and gotten here.
1: Mm. I quickly change the topic before we come back to this because you said something earlier um that caught my attention i wrote my bachelor thesis about how um media reports about wars and crises and conflicts and um in the theory part of this bachelor thesis i also wrote about the history of um reporting about war and we are coming closer and closer to the war through the media the war against iraqi in the early 2000s was the first one that we were able to watch live on tv but we mm-hmm. we quote unquote only saw how the city how bombs were put on the cities and we saw the explosions from far away perspective and mm-hmm. if we look at this now then we are in the front line we we see um we can quote unquote stand next to the place where the bomb has been dropped, where the explosion Mm -hmm. happens. So this is also very special and that also affects our mental health and our feeling of being involved even more than if we would just read it in the newspapers and the information would come days or weeks later than uh, the event happened. This is really a live invasion (laughs) that we can watch on the TV screen really, really live. Um, but coming back to what you just said, yes, you can do much more than just hitting the Ukrainian flag. You can, uh, what I think is a really smart thing to do, I don't know if you can do it still, is uh, booking flats in the Ukraine on Airbnb because the money goes directly to the people who need it at the moment. So you can support them. You don't have to give your money to uh an organization an where you don't know, yeah, mm-hmm. where you don't know if the money really comes to where is it, where it is needed. Um, if you can, you of course can be a host for the refugees. Um, and that maybe brings us to the second topic: to what some bands are actually doing to support the people in the Ukraine. And. Um, The most impressive thing that I saw was that the drummer of Electric Callboy, which former was E Callboy, the new name now is Electric Callboy. He collected a lot of things that um, what you could read in the media that people there needed, and he really drove to the Ukraine and brought it there. So he was in the Ukraine, I think, for two weeks or something. And then now he is back, and I don't know if he will go again, but that was the most impressive thing that I saw um, of all these actions that bands were doing to support yeah, the Ukraine. That is,
0: that is very true. One of the things that I read about the most was what Ginger did. Mm-hmm. The Ginger they, actually
1: is a band from the Ukraine. so Yes, very, exactly. Yeah.
0: Very much affected by it. Um Ginger canceled their US store to stay in the Ukraine and help out and they have now um I think they put out a whole merch line with their logo and the Ukrainian flag and they were one of the first to give out a statement about the war and they have now raised over 140,000 US dollars for Ukrainian relief and um, and this is really nice. The shirts that they were selling had the slogan, we want our home back. Mm-hmm. So that is also something very touching. And that is, well, 140,000 US dollars, which is 130,000 euro. And that just within, you know, the four weeks that these, this has all been going on.
1: There have been a lot of bands who did this. Electric by also sold shirts with their logo and the Ukrainian flag and they also um, donated all the money that they got from that to the Ukraine. And I think other bands also did this. So that's a very common thing to do and I think it's also a very smart thing because it's a triple win situation because the band has its logo on the shirts Mm -hmm. that people are wearing um, you yourself have shirt of a band that you like and you already also donated and I think especially ginger they are there so the money can't go elsewhere yeah yeah
0: yes I have a list now that I will obviously link on the description of the episode um, article by metal socks with a list of ways that metalheads can donate to Ukraine. And it states a list of band offerings. Mm -hmm. Uh, It starts with Ginger and their merch. Then there are uh, Polish death metal band Behemoth that are also um, selling merch items. And there's a link there. Also, um, the Russian punk rock activists Pussy Riot Mm -hmm. are selling NFTs. And all the proceeds are going to, to War Relief. There are also several uh, EPs and albums that are being sold on Bandcamp. So you can just, you know, um, support the musicians and the bands themselves that are helping with, you know, with the, with the situation over
1: there. What I also found very impressive um, the Fuse magazine, it's a music magazine here in Germany. They wanted to have an inter- or to publish an interview with Space of Variations, a band that's also from the Ukraine and that we saw at the Euroblast festival last year. Um, and instead of filling the pages with another interview or something, they left them blank. They put a small picture of the band there, and then they wrote, "Well, yeah, we wanted to have this interview, but because of the war, it can't happen," and we didn't want to just let this idea of having the interview vanish we wanted to tell you that this pages would or that these pages are reserved for space of variations and also yeah draw attention to the topic and that it also affects a lot of bands
0: space of variations that was the band we saw at Euroblast exactly mm-hmm. yeah. i was just thinking about what was the other ukrainian ukrainian band that we saw there and how are they doing Mm. So that's really good to know. The other thing I have, I I think that is also important to mention, um, is kind of the other side of things. Um, There is this other article that I'm also going to link in the description. Uh, Slaughter to Prevail is a Russian band. And they posted a statement that starts with the phrase, no to war. and they are asking to not make the whole russian people an accomplice because we also tend to tend to vilify this whole country but there are also you know a population is made out of individual mm-hmm. citizens and persons and people who are not all supporters of their government and are against war and so and so they 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 are calling out uh, for our attention to to just think about that as well, to not just um, vilify all Russians everywhere, because that is obviously something that has been happened all over the world mm-hmm. as well as always happens, you know, that Russian people living abroad have been bullied and discriminated against. And that is also something that, you know, as woke people in 2022, we are
1: or we should strive not to do anymore. Mm -hmm. People are not their country. Mm -hmm. When we look at ourselves, we also don't support everything that the German government does. Exactly.
0: And obviously, a country is not its history and its citizens are definitely not its history or the one government's um, motives, purposes, and or actions.
1: What else? There have been, or what I saw a lot Especially on Instagram, is that bands showed their support. For example, with dropping a single and donating the money. But what I also thought was really cool, um, another band that we saw at Euroblast, uh, Defocus, mm-hmm. had a gig together with another band that I really like, and they are called The Sleeper. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Well, we are collecting things that a person we know will bring directly to the Ukraine, and so you could bring." everything that you wanted to donate right to the gig, have a good time at the gig and your stuff um, would go to the Ukraine the next day. So that was also a very, um, a very good thing that I think is really effective because it goes directly to where it is needed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And also a lot of musicians posted pictures of one of their past tours in Russia and the Ukraine, because many bands also tour these two countries together. Um, And they also had very touching statements of how they cannot believe what's happening right now, because they have been in both places. They know the people, they know that there are um, very nice people on both sides that are now in a very very bad situation in the ukraine even more than russia Mm -hmm. um many bands also obviously had to cancel the tours that were planned years ago before the pandemic now we come back to the pandemic kind of Mm -hmm. um and yeah all these messages they also touched me in a they touched me in a very different way because I thought well i I don't really know these musicians, but you have kind of connection through following them on Instagram and everything, and the fact that they have been there and know people there who are now suffering because of this war was also um gave me also the feeling of being very close to the whole situation as well.
0: Yes, yes, because you have an emotional connection through music, mhm-
1: and if we think about the war in Syria or in the Arabian countries in general um, these are not countries where metal bands usually go on tour mm-hmm. or where they have this connection and so that that's also a reason why it felt or it feels more far away from us
0: yeah also um going back to the pandemic as well as you were saying and to the point I was making before about companies pulling out their business from, from Russia, etc. There were also pharmaceutical companies stating that they wouldn't, German pharmaceutical companies stating that they would stay both mm-hmm. in Russia and the Ukraine because people need the medicine.
1: Yeah, true. That's especially in good. times
0: of war and especially in times of uh, global pandemic, mm-hmm. people still need medicine. And... um yeah, I bet that is one of the very important donations that have that you know
1: that should be made as well. Mm-hmm. What I um what I see when I look at myself is also that I have the desire to listen to music more, which is also a sign of my mental health is affected and music mm-hmm. really helps me to deal with situations or to to stay focused and clear somehow, to not uh, let my thoughts drift too far away, to just find some distraction as well.
0: Yes, that is something that we have, I think, um, all over the world been experiencing a lot as well. Um, Escapism, just -hmm. wanting to, to distract yourself, to go into a different world Where you don't see all of these horrible things happening around us, I also have that a lot with video games. Yeah,
1: Mm. this combination now that we are still in the pandemic, and yes, some concerts and stuff is happening right now, but we don't have so many possibilities to find this distraction or to to really have um, a huge amount of time off distraction because we are. Back in this situation very, very fast again, quickly again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yes, exactly. What if you are have to be in quarantine because you have the COVID, or (laughs) you know, um, that then it affects you also in a in a very different way. If you are um, I don't know, constantly on social media and bombarded with all of these information about war now as well. And well. It's I think that is also something that we as individual citizens can do for ourselves, um, take care of our own mental health, also by taking breaks from news and from social media, um, and just talking to to friends. And also, I think it is very important to open up. Um, mm-hmm. That is, as I was saying, what helped me to To make myself vulnerable, talk about my fears, and um, and you know, just just discuss all of these uh, thoughts that we're having, so that they don't go spiraling down into darker places in our heads. Um, life is still very much worth living. Yes, <laughs> and. We obviously should always be able to reach out for help, also professional help. That is something that we say in this podcast a lot. And um, it's interesting because all the while we've been talking about this, I can, I've been observing my, like, how my body is reacting, how, while I'm talking about this, I feel like I'm in a very, you know, tense and Clenched position, and um, I've been shivering a little. Even I'm like cold. And um, your mental health um, does a lot on your body, so we really have to take care of no, not only of each other, but also of ourselves. And um, yeah, do whatever we need to to recharge our energies and to feel um, calm and safe. As well,
1: mm. and this is also a good, a good moment to think about what do we want to do. What makes us really happy? And if that's going to a concert or uh, listening going to music to a, or playing uh, video uh, games or reading yeah. books, yeah, everything. <laughs> yes. um, we should, especially now, take the time to do this. And um, yes, there is this war, and it might feel a little bit wrong if we do this, but um, what would it help if we don't do this? It wouldn't it doesn't help anyone in the Ukraine, in Russia or on this whole planet if we don't do something for our mental health because we think it's wrong.
0: Yeah. Right. It doesn't help them if I'm here having anxiety and fear and just going through that alone with myself. Mm, and Not it doesn't help
1: if I forbid myself to go to a concert because there is this war. It doesn't help other anyone. people can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And that also takes me to the point that helps my mental health the most, which is gratitude. Um, I always try to think about things I'm grateful for, and there are a lot of things and I always start with my life. Mm-hmm. I am very grateful every day to still be alive. And um and well right now i do have the privilege to have a roof above my head to feel safe at home still and that is something i'm also very grateful for and um well that is that that brings my spirits up that helps me calm my calm my mind and um yeah and just go through life you know one day at a time in these times of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And that's something the pandemic taught me um, one day at a time. If we cannot plan, because we're also with the with the pandemic being a little better under control right now, we were all thinking of being able to travel again and being able to visit people abroad and or, um, you know, go to festivals. Some of that might be still possible. Um, some of that you know we don't know how it's it's been 4 weeks as we were saying mm-hmm. we don't know how things are going to be looking 4 weeks from now but also that is something that gives me hope to plan things in the future and um so I'm still doing that <laughs> <laughs> but I know that and I know that in general very general life is not guaranteed mm-hmm. We should be grateful for every day and always tell your loved ones that you love them because, (laughs) you know, um, far away from war and from the pandemics, you know, there are car accidents and uh, also most accidents happen at home. You know, uh, the world is a very fucking scary place, damn it. (laughs) This is a very dark existential thought, but for real, be just grateful for your life, for the lives of your Uh, of the people around you and um, yeah one day at a time yes
1: I think that's a good point to to stop this episode to end this episode with these words and that's a good advice Um, I will also try to to do that to think about the things that I'm thankful for
0: oh I'm happy that I I could bring something to the table (laughs) something helpful (laughs) As always, you know where to find us. Follow the Bleeding Metal podcast on Spotify and Stitcher. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your preferred app. We are also on social media. We haven't been super active and we haven't posted or done any statements about the invasion in Ukraine right now because I don't want to take the attention off of the people who mm-hmm. need the attention. Yeah. So, um and right now We might kind of be doing that with (laughs) the episode. But um, as we were saying, it's also very important to, first of all, have an opinion. I also applaud all of the bands that have um, used their platform to draw attention to it, to make their position clear, uh, more so to those who have uh, started uh, efforts to aid the affected the people that are really affected by the war directly and um um yes but you still can find us out there mm. on instagram
1: <laughs> i also had the um, or i see myself as a podcaster also as a kind of entertainer so my thought also was first what you said that i don't want to take the attention away from the people who uh who Who are in another situation and who deserve this attention more than I do. And I also wanted to give some distraction. Um, and that's also the reason why I continue doing podcasts, because yeah, sometimes it's also hard to do that too. Um, and so yeah, thank you, Kiki, for opening up so much in this episode. Thank you too. I think we didn't have an episode before that was so emotional. And all of you out there, if you if you want to open up to us you feel free to do it you can send us messages and um we are it's weird if i say we are there for you but we try to do our best to also help you in the situation and i hope that this podcast also helped you um to to feel better about the situation and to um, to have some thoughts that don't bring you down this spiral of evil thoughts but maybe help you out of it a bit
0: Yes, we also uh, can receive voice messages. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I think that would be a nice, a nice impulse or intention to, to close the episode with. Um, thank you so very much for listening. More so if you have listened this far. Um, we are an hour in. And um, now go out there back to your life and talk to somebody IRL. Maybe, you know, call a friend, call a family member. And um, talk to them for real. This has been my unintentional New Year's, um, what's its face? New Year's intention, New Year challenge, mm-hmm. New Year goal. What's the, I'm missing the word, but you know what I mean. Um, to talk with the people around me for real. I'm tired of talking about the weather and doing small talk with people I love, with people close to me, with family members, with friends. I, talk, I want to talk about the real shit. And um, that is what Bleeding Metal is about. So if you want to talk to us as well, do so. But go out and talk to people about the real things. And the real things
1: are the stupid shit that's happening now in the world. Hmm. Too. Do we want to talk about what music you are listening to at the moment?
0: that hasn't changed much for me i'm listening to um still a lot of spirit box and volumes oh something that might lead into our next episode's topic maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody recommended on last week's uh heavy friday stream because also i'm back on twitch more often and um we did a, our little format of the, of the heavy Friday metal chats that are a bit of a music discussion, watching some um, music videos. And somebody recommended the band Skinned, that is S-K-Y-N-D. And their music, or at least the one song that I listened to, blew my mind. It was amazing. It was a, a collaboration with Jonathan Davis from Corn, The butt about this band, is that each of their songs is inspired by a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a true crime thing. And in a very artsy way, you know, it's, it's music, it's lyrics. Um, so somebody did have the, the opinion, which I found a very, very valid point. We should not celebrate serial killers. Yeah. Just as much as we should not celebrate tyrants, right? Talking about the war. But the art that these very, very dark situations inspire can be so beautiful and so powerful. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, to a certain degree, I decided to separate the topic from the music. And that is something we will be talking about next episode, about separating the art from the artist.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, yeah, so stay tuned. Yeah. What have you been listening to?
1: Um, I have one song on heavy rotation that is by Windrunner. I think I also talked about that in the previous episode. Uh, the song is called Lavender. Mm -hmm. but um there is also another song that i'm listening to a lot at the moment that is by landmarks together with resolve and i like both of these bands especially the singer of resolve is a really really good singer i think and the song is called self-made black hole landmarks dropped the complete edition of lost in the waves which was out i think a year ago um and I was a bit late to the party. The song is out since a few weeks already. Uh, Caliban released a song that is called Dystopia um, from their upcoming album, which is, I think, also called Dystopia. And that song is really, really good. And yeah, this, these are the three songs that are on heavy rotation at the moment on my, on my smartphone. <laughs> nice in my streaming service um and uh, when we talked last time i wasn't able to listen to the new the birthday massacre album but now i listen to it and i'm not celebrating it but i'm okay with it (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a good album i was not a fan of the album that they released before that one but this one yeah i i don't um i'm not the happiest person on the planet when i listen to it but when I listen to it, I don't skip it. <laughs> what happened to the previous album? So, yeah, oh. that's a good one as well.
0: Nice. Oh, oh and um, another, another music video. Well, not it wasn't a music video, but another song we listened to on Friday was the Machine Gun Kelly with Bring Me the Horizon collaboration mm, that okay. just came out. I think it's called Baby or something. And the first time I heard it on, on the stream, um, We were listening together with um, my Finnish partner, and he's a musician, as I have said before. And uh, he compared it with Fall Out Boy, Uh which I found very accurate. But on a second listen, a few days later, uh, it came up on the radio. We were in the car. And um, in that time, I totally started singing Misery Business by Paramore, because it, it is the fucking same song. And somebody at Morcor, this German um, metal magazine, pointed that out a few days ago. And I was like, yes, somebody understands me. But uh, I also thought that (laughs) I just wanted to say
1: that. (laughs)
0: Yes. And now we say goodbye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And an advice uh, how you can also kind of support um, the Ukrainian bands. Listen to their music have them on your rotation on the streaming service that you're using and that also helps
0: Hell yeah we recommend especially ginger and space of variations and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah you can also buy their music or listen to them on streaming services and go check out their um, relief efforts that we will link in the description
1: yeah now that's it (laughs) thank you for listening thank you (laughs) bye bye